0: Welcome to the Success Formula podcast, where we get down to earth with real entrepreneurs who work hard and know that success is more than a mindset because it takes blood, guts and a bucket full of luck to survive and thrive in the world of business today, especially in the world today. My name is David Mark-Smith. I'm the host for the show and the author of the Entrepreneur Success Formula, How Thriving Business Owners Actually Do It. And today I am delighted to introduce Erica Mackay, who is the marketing detective. We are going to get Sherlock Holmesy on you. Uh, <laughs> she takes the mystery out of marketing with some clear strategies and action plans. And she is curiosity driven and a detailed introvert. We're going to find out a little bit more about you today. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having
1: me, Damien. Great oh, to be here. Oh, my absolute
0: pleasure. I love the name of your, of your company, the Marketing Detective Agency. It's brilliant. Absolutely Thanks. brilliant. So tell me, how, why did you start the business? How did you start the business? And how did you get your first clients?
1: So my background is actually quite different. I spent about nine years working as a bodyguard. And what I learned in those times was that you really need to know your client, the person you're protecting. You need to know the people who are trying to attack them, and you have to spend a lot of time investigating where you're going and the route. And all that curiosity, if you do it really well, means you have no incidents and your customer stays alive. So I used that skill, those detective skills in my marketing, because again, for marketing, if you really understand your target client, where they are, how they think and where they're going to be, you will definitely um, succeed with your marketing. Okay. So stop, stop, stop here a second,
0: because I want to know about the bodyguard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, tell us a bit more about that first. Go on.
1: What else can I say? I was not a bouncer, so let me just say that. I did not stand at nightclubs and kick people out, so that was not what I did. I was a close protection officer, so mostly one-on-one. I looked after business executives and tourists. This was in South Africa, obviously from my accent, um, and made sure they stayed alive. So that was what I did. I used it to pay my way through university, so it was a fun job.
0: I do, what, you know some people listen to this will be thinking that doesn't sound very fun to me <laughs> it's like risking death <laughs> every day wow
1: yeah I mean it's quite intensive but as I say when you do so most of bodyguard work is the prep like really 80% yeah. of it is really investigating you need to know your client really well are they going to faint if they see a gun are they going to run away screaming are they going to you need to really understand how your client's going to react then you need to understand the attacker. Are they going to use guns, bombs? Do they like publicity? Are they going to go quiet with poison oh, so that you can prepare, right? And the more prepared you are, the better your chances of your survival and your client's survival. Our motto was dead clients don't pay. No, well, exactly, not good for pay. the CV either. <laughs> so what did you do? Like you go along
0: and you just go, right, make a list of all the people that don't like you, and uh, how they might want to kill you.
1: <laughs> Basically, I mean, most clients knew exactly what the threat was. Um, and so you could be quite clear on on who's threatening them and what it was for, etc. And how they worked. Wow. Um, I
0: love the fact so you said it was fun.
1: <laughs> it, you know, it was a little bit. My brain works over time because I'm curious. As I said, I need to know stuff all the time and my brain never stops working. But when you're on a job and someone's life's in your hands, you cannot physically think of anything else. So it sounds weird, but it was relaxation for me. I, my brain switched. It certainly keeps you focused. Period.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, OK, so you transitioned over to then you're taking the same skills. This yes. is a great example, you're taking those skills. And uh, you, you got into marketing because you like to know more about your clients obviously, you know. Yes. Um, so how did you get your first client under the marketing uh, detective agency?
1: Well, from being a bodyguard, I went into corporate and uh, did that for a while and then two years ago I took the leap on my own. And my first client was actually my previous boss. Uh, they decided they wanted to keep me on and um, were kind enough to yeah keep me on as my first client. So that was I was, quite lucky that way
0: fantastic okay so what's been your biggest mistake which has led to your biggest breakthrough
1: ah that's easy so my biggest mistake is saying yes to everything the client wants nice and i think especially when you're starting out as um, a business owner you tend to think you need to give in to everything the client wants but what happens then is you dilute your service offering and you just start being bitsy at everything rather than specializing in one thing and I think that's been my biggest breakthrough is I am a specialist in marketing strategy and that's what I'm really good at. I can do Facebook ads and Google and I can do those things, but it's not my speciality.
0: Yeah.
1: And rather outsource that to people who, who love doing that and let me focus on what I'm really passionate about.
0: Okay, so this next one, we can use this in two ways. What has been your best marketing hack and why, and also the worst. Now you can say that for your own business and you can say that for someone else's business. You've got like two, two cracks of the whip here.
1: Ooh, so my best marketing hack. I think the one thing that I really make sure I do with all my clients and myself is ask about the timing. And this is often a trick people forget and a lot of marketers forget is it's not just about who the target client is and where they are. So are they on Facebook or are they on LinkedIn or what's their pref- preferred channel, but you need to think about the timing. An example I give is radio ads. So in the days when we were driving a lot and um, a lot of people spent money on radio ads in the mornings, which for me is crazy because People are driving. And usually in the mornings, you're driving to work or you're driving your kids to school or something. There's no way you're memorizing phone numbers or pulling Mm -hmm. over to write down a number. So the timing is really important. Think supermarkets do this really well when they put sweets in the queues, right? As you're waiting to pay. That's about timing. You're relaxed, you've done your shopping, you're much more susceptible to looking at sweet candies. And so you fill your basket with lots more stuff. Yeah. And so that's my hack is just always think through the timing um, about what is the right time to talk to your clients, not just where to talk to them, but when.
0: So what for for you personally? I I mean, I I love the branding. I I think that's that's a really good thing. And, uh, you know, your story kind of goes with that beautifully. But what's your what's your own best kind of marketing tactic for your business?
1: For my business, it's all about relationships, I'm, I'm, I build relationships with my clients. And if I meet you in person, I'm probably going to hug you because in South Africa, we're quite huggy people. So I think for me, I need to have a feeling that we're going to work well together that you're going to be open to ideas I'm quite out of the box thinking so if you come and you just want Facebook ads it's probably not going to work because I'm going to try and open your mind to the wide variety of marketing avenues there are. And, you know, let's look at the best place. Um, So for me, that's it. It's relationships are everything. Relationships with my suppliers, with my web builders, with whatever. It's all about relationships. And if that's not going to work, we're probably not a good fit.
0: Nice. I like it. Okay. What's been your biggest mental challenge? And again, you've got two cracks of the whip of this one, because I'm going to ask you uh, certainly as a bodyguard and, and sort of currently in your marketing role.
1: Well, in my marketing one, currently the last year has been my biggest mental challenge, trying to balance homeschooling. I've got two young kids, oh, wow. um, homeschooling and running my business. And I think that's common for quite a lot of people. It's been really difficult mm-hmm. and, and I think we're all perfectionists. We want to do it right, especially right for our kids. Right? We don't want to mess up their future education. So, the best thing I heard was that this is not homeschooling. This is crisis management, and we need to understand that and be kind to ourselves. That it's not going to be perfect. You know, they're going to log in five minutes late or in their pajamas. It's okay. It's fine. You know. <laughs> so I think for me, just overcoming that perfectionism. In trying to do everything has been yeah. my biggest mental challenge and you know not traveling i love travel and this lockdown's been crazy i haven't been out of the country in a year <laughs> it's like oh no i need to see someone else yeah. um but yeah so that's been my biggest one um as a bodyguard i think my biggest mental challenge was being too involved one of my hardest clients was an abused wife And I was protecting her against her husband who liked baseball bats. (sighs) And it was about keeping distance. It was, um, that was hard for me because I'm quite compassionate. So, you know, (laughs) really what she was crying and you, but you can't, you have to be alert and aware and distance yourself from the emotions. That was hard for me. That's amazing.
0: Okay. So if you're in charge of uh, the worldwide business right now, Uh, Obviously, we've got big, big decisions to make. But what legislation would you introduce to to specifically help entrepreneurs?
1: I'm not sure it's about helping entrepreneurs, but definitely to help the planet. I would do immediate legislation to ban all single-use plastics. I am such a fan, such a proponent of saving the planet. We have one world and we're killing it. And there's such simple things, businesses, all of us in our homes, in our businesses, we're not asking people to you know, completely revolutionize everything they do. But if you just do one small thing every day, we can go such a long way. And that is, that is definitely legislation. I would fast track. I know governments are doing it and it's coming, but it's slow and, you know, by the time it happens, it could be too late.
0: Well, I know this is a time, sense, time, time sensitive radio show, and this will go out a little bit sort of later. But uh, today's a good day because Joe Biden's been sworn in as the American president. I
1: know. And
0: uh, that has helped the planet probably by a few hundred years. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you think your business industry, you know, marketing in particular, uh, will look like in 50 years from now?
1: Really kind of think into the future here. That's so interesting because I spend a lot of time looking back, and one of my examples about marketing that I always have a good laugh at is, um, and I don't know how, what your age is, David, but in my day, you know, there were ads going out saying doctors say smoking is good for you,
0: oh, goodness,
1: yeah. um, and if I look at some of the rubbish that marketers have put out, it's quite fascinating. So from an industry perspective, I think we're going to be held a lot more accountable for some of the messages we're putting out and making sure that they're actually valid and validated and whatever. But that means that marketing will become much more relationship driven rather than salesy, quick buck, you know, get the most out of you as quickly as I can. And so that is really, and we're starting to see that movement happen. But I think in 50 years, you know, you're not going to have a cold ad anymore. It's all going to be personalized. It's all going to be directed um, and, and very, very much checked for correctness and accuracy rather than, I mean, people can say things now, like I'm the best speak in the world and no one can, you know, it's not validated. It's not, there's nothing according just... to my mum, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that's my vision.
0: I think that's so true. And, um, you know, with introductions like the blockchain, for instance, uh, mm. I think that it's going to be quite possible that 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 people will be able to see that transparency. Yes. Um, I work with a wonderful coach called Lisa Johnson, and she's very open about it. And, you know, she sort of shows the earnings that she, she makes, but she's very kind of clear about it. she's a former lawyer. So she kind of comes from that background of, look, if you're going to say something, it's got to be true yeah right so and i think this is going to get rid of the people you know the, the coach is standing in front of a ferrari saying yeah, i can get you done they just hired it you know exactly. <laughs> so that's that's good i completely agree with you and i hope that is the way it's going to go what is your favorite business book and why and i'm creating a list of the books and movies that i'm going to be sharing on this podcast in the next couple of weeks probably by the time this one goes out actually so i'll be able to share the link with you in the show notes but what's your favorite business book and why
1: Oh. Uh, so my favorite is actually by Clem Sunter, and um, at the moment it's the Fox Trilogy. I have it here. Ah. And so this is his three books in one actually, but um, The Mind of the Fox was the first business book I ever read. And I love the planning aspect of it, the scenario planning, the thinking through different options. It's along the lines of my think Think like there's no box philosophy. Um, And I think even in marketing, in our businesses, you know, the scenario planning, we may not know that COVID would come, but we could have prepared a little bit better by scenario planning, right? Mm -hmm. So that is still, after many, many years, my my favourite business book.
0: And who's the author, Clem?
1: Clem Sunter. He's a South African, actually.
0: Okay, well, I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well, uh, because that's going to be an extra one to add to the list. We're building up quite a library now of uh, favourite business books. Are you a night owl or an early bird? And what is your morning or evening routine?
1: Um, I'm a bit of a mix, probably because of my background. I probably sleep about three hours a night. So I'm both. Wow. (laughs) My early morning routine is for quiet time. So that's my time before I have to get kids ready for school, breakfast done, all that stuff. That's, you know, when I think through my day, when I feed my birds in my garden it's it's my mind time and then my evenings is usually reading I'm an avid avid reader so that's again after everyone's gone to bed gone to sleep house is clean and then I have some more me time so that's what I put in my evenings and my mornings. Fantastic.
0: Okay, so if they made a movie about you, Erica, and your business, who would play the starring role? It's obviously got to be someone who's good at martial arts. And, uh, you know, what is your favorite movie, business or
1: otherwise? Um, I'm not sure who would play me. Probably, um, I'd have to go Charlize Theron. She's pretty fit and she looks like she can handle herself. So I'll go with Charlize Theron. I think my favorite movie of all time is Die Hard. I mean, I have to love Die Hard. I can watch it <laughs> 5 million times, right? It's Fantastic. not just a Christmas movie. It's an it's any It's not time just,
0: movie. just a Christmas movie. Superb. And finally, what are your plans for expansion or indeed exit?
1: Oh, definitely not looking to exit yet. So expansion, I think the next stage of our journey is we're growing the team. So I got a, you know, I've got another a business partner at the beginning of this year. Um, we've got uh, some virtual PAs that have joined us now we're growing so definitely just growing the team, so that we can um, expand our offering and then looking at some um, other avenues, you know, whether we start our own we'll podcast have a look at that i'm almost finished writing my book on um, catfishing so um, catfishing. ready for that to go out the is online that, that's fishing.
0: not the dating catfishing is it Yes, that one that it one. is oh it my is. goodness right okay Go
1: secret, on, tell us a bit
0: about that what's that i'm a
1: secret catfish hunter so oh
0: um, goodness oh I'm sorry, this the last is brilliant.
1: Year trapping catfish and uh, getting them reported <laughs> and locked up and stuff
0: so, oh that's uh, so funny right so explain to people what because i didn't know before i met my girlfriend online Yeah, you know, i didn't know oh. what catfishing was so explain to our listeners what catfish catfishing is
1: So catfishing is people that create a fake online profile, usually the photo is copied of someone else, and their names are usually very bland, John Smith and things like that. Um, And they use it to trap you, usually romance fraud so they try and get you to fall in love with them and whatever but the ultimate aim is to get your money so they'll tell you "Oh, my car needs work please can you send me some money. Um, or actually just to get your data. And often we don't realize how much data we're sharing, you know, our date of mm. birth, where, what's your hometown, where were you born, what's your mother's maiden name? Just by chatting to someone, we actually give away so much data and then they use that to create, you know, credit cards in our name, loans, et cetera. So, and these are fake people. They, they're not real. We don't really know where they are, what they do, what their jobs are.
0: Wow. So you've written a book about this and yes. is it about your kind of search for catfishers and, and the stories behind that? What is it? Yes.
1: So the past year I've been actively hunting and um, interacting with catfish. So it's it's my personal oh journey. Oh, my goodness. That's brilliant. That's a, so where does
0: I mean, because your story and your you know what you've actually sort of set up here. I mean, you know, where are you going to be using the, the book as part of your sort of marketing for the marketing agency?
1: Well, at the moment, I've, I already help people um, with their profiles, so how to not look like a catfish, because there's some, <laughs> some simple tasks, you know, so I've got, I've got hints on how to identify a catfish, but it's more a personal crusade, I think, for me, catfishes are the worst, not only do they rip off financially, but the emotional devastation when someone you really think you're in love with, I think that's, that's yeah, disgusting, that, thats not,
0: that is literally heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I mean,
1: losing your money is one thing, but you know, breaking your heart and then you feel like a fool because you, 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 you should have known better. It's. I yeah. think that devastation we we really don't understand, and we're not punishing them enough for it. So it's a personal crusade to save both women and men. I've met women and men who've been um, affected by catfish. Wow. Um, but the devastation is huge, and and that's my personal crusade.
0: Well, listen. When when's the book due out?
1: Well, I've just
0: finished it, so probably in the next two months. Okay. Well, we'll have a little chat off the air in in, in a minute because um, uh, one of the things that I help people is turn their books into bestsellers.
1: Fantastic.
0: <laughs> it's a simple little trick you can use to get your book into bestseller. I'll tell you about it afterwards, and everyone else is going, "Oh, tell us on tell us on the on, on the podcast, will you?" <laughs> uh, shall I? Shall I tell? Shall I tell Go them? Over it. Tell us. Okay. So, a really simple way to turn your book into a bestseller. Is you use a little tool called Kindle Direct Spy. Okay, it's a little plugin. You can get it for about $47. And, and essentially, what you do is you go into Amazon, you look in all the different categories, and you find one that isn't too kind of overpopulated with, you know, J.K. Rowling and the Bible and, you know, books that sell by the thousands every day. And, you know, sort of like business and entrepreneurship, for instance, or, you know, sort of uh, real life detectives, something like that. I mean, there'll be, there'll be kind of subcategories. And then you use this little plugin and it tells you. How many books you would need to sell in a day to get to the number one spot it's, it's over a 24 hour period basically to get to the number one spot in that category oh. and it's usually around sort of 50 to 60 books. So it's not a huge amount, but it's enough that basically the Amazon algorithm will take you and then what it will do is it will put you in the books at the bottom which says people who bought this also bought this. So it's got to gives you a much better chance of staying up there in you know in in the decent sales. So you kind of want to get it in the number one spot of your categories. One, two, or three is considered a bestseller. Yeah. And once you know how many of that is, you kind of know what to aim for. So then the really easy way to get people, basically sixty people. I mean, I always go for a hundred. Get a hundred people to buy it on the same day in a twenty four hour period, and it will be a bestseller. Is to create a Facebook group, which is the name of your book, by your name, the author. And in the lead up to the to, to releasing it, just drip feed some of the content and get people engaging with it, you know, get people reviewing it. Obviously, you can send out the, the PDF version, get people reviewing it. This is how people get the reviews of books before they actually release them. And essentially just build up an audience, you know, of about, I don't know, about 500 to 1,000 people who are really engaged with the book. They've got the information. They know when it's going to be released. And then a couple of weeks out, you just say, look, this is the release date can I just, just have a hundred of you to, to, to buy it on the same day? And I'll give you a mention in the book. I'll give you a little thank you. And that's how you get the sales in a day. It's pretty simple. Uh-huh. Really. Very, clear. Pretty pretty simple technique and it works. Works really well. There you go.
1: <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs>
0: that's okay. Well, listen, thanks so, so much, Erica. It's been really, I, mean, I just, I love speaking with people on this show because you just get to know so much about people and you know, these incredible things that happen that you know we wouldn't know about otherwise. Thank you so much for taking part in our show. If listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do it?
1: So, I mean, hashtag marketing detective. Um, I'm on all social media channels. That's how you find me, or Erica at the com.
0: Wonderful. Thanks so much, Erica. Thank you for taking the time to take this brief delve into the real lives of real entrepreneurs. Can I ask you and your and the listeners to share this podcast with anyone who works hard and to like us on iTunes and on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube as we're going out on both. And uh, yeah, make sure you stay in touch. And if you'd like to take part in the show, simply drop me an email at Damien with an A at rethinkingbusiness.biz and we can have a chat. This show has been brought to you in association association with Blinkist where you can get a 25% discount in the links to the show and also my new group called Healthy Wealthy Wine, Get Fit, Make Income and Drink Wine Repeat. Uh, (laughs) Links also in the show notes. Thanks very much, Erica. Really appreciate you taking part.
1: Thanks, Damien.